You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Sooners Nation, and welcome to a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Sooners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Did you know that it is always draft season? Well, our guys here at the Locked On Podcast Network can get you ready for the 2022 NFL Draft. Join Locked On NFL Draft hosts Trevor Sikama and Benjamin Solak for recaps and analysis of the 2021 NFL Draft and a look ahead at next year's future first-round picks. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, and thank you for joining me. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams, and you can read my work covering the Dallas Cowboys over InsideTheStar.com. And we have a jam packed episode of Locked On Sooners for you today. We've got a top 25 rankings list that we want to talk to you about from the Pro Football Network. We also have more details on Isaiah Thomas's situation that came out on Monday as well. And we're going to go through the ruling that the Supreme Court dropped down on the NCAA in their latest case in an effort to prevent paying of players. But first, let's talk about this top 25 rankings. Hey, It's Tuesday. We're going to talk about a top 25 rankings list. This is not an official poll by any stretch of the imagination, but the Pro Football Network, they do fantastic work over there. Great, great coverage of the NFL and also the NFL draft. If you need help with your fantasy dynasty rankings, they got you hooked up there as well. So make sure you go check out Pro Football Network. They are not sponsoring the show but I'm a big fan of the work that they do over there. They have a fantastic mock draft simulator as well. So get yourself ready for the 2022 NFL draft, go to use their mock draft simulator, but let's talk about their college football rankings. James Fergoza publishes on Sunday and, you know, not very many surprises, but Oklahoma comes in at number three in the country behind Alabama at number one and Clemson at number two. And to be honest, I would probably rank those two, one and two. Alabama's Alabama. They've been one of the elite programs for 15 years. I've lost track of how many national championships Nick Saban has won. He's shown the ability to turn over at the quarterback, quarterback position. And then at Clemson, again, Davos Sweeney is a fantastic head coach. We saw a little bit of DJ last year when Trevor Lawrence was sidelined with uh, COVID protocols. And he was not too bad. He had to play against Notre Dame in a pretty tough matchup and showed himself quite well. So, again, I have no problem with those two being ranked one and two. I think Oklahoma's right where they should be at number three. Um, And here's what Jason had to say about them. He said, of all the teams at the top of our college football top 25 rankings for 2021, Oklahoma has the most certain situation under center. After some early wobbles, Spencer Rattler had the Sooners singing down the stretch of last season. Rattler headlines an exciting Oklahoma offense that can rip apart opposing defenses in multiple ways. DOE's Jaden Hazelwood and Marvin Mims may be the best trio of receivers in the nation. Kennedy Brooks and Tennessee transfer Eric Gray have the makings of a dangerous double-headed monster in the backfield. And there are some offensive line changes, but the incoming Wanya Morris should ensure protection for Rattler. 
With the likes of Nick Bonito and Perry on Winfrey, the Sooners are also well set up on defense. The only thing that could stand in the way of a national championship run is the self-sabotaging nature of the Big 12 Conference. And man, to be honest, I feel like he hit Oklahoma on the head right there. I mean, I feel like it was really good analysis. Spencer Rattler coming into his second season is going to be fantastic. He's going to learn from, and he learned from the mistakes he made early in the season last year. That's going to carry over again into 2021. I feel like he's hit the nail on the head again with the wide receiver group. Theo Weez, Jaden Hazel with Marvin Mims are going to be fantastic. Then you throw in a guy like Mike Woods, Drake Stoops. They're going to be very deep and very difficult to cover on a down and down out basis. Kennedy Brooks, Eric Gray, a fantastic duo, a little bit of, Again, I feel like uh, Kennedy Brooks is being underrated a little bit as we talk about the running back class or this running back depth chart. But again, Eric Gray's talent is phenomenal. and He's going to be a game breaker for the Oklahoma Sooners. And then again, it's a lot of it's going to come down to the defense, but they look like a defense that's going to be ready to play and ready to make some things happen in the Big 12 and, and show teams that this isn't just an offensive, offensive team. This is not the Lincoln Riley teams with Mike Stoops coordinating the defense or Bob Stoops teams with Mike Stoops coordinating the defense. We're going to get back to playing early 2000s Oklahoma defense. Now, we may, may not see shutouts. We may not see you know single-digit scoring numbers on defense, but we're going to see a team that creates splash plays on the defensive side of the football, sacks, tackles for losses, turnovers. This defense is on the verge of catapulting Oklahoma to a national championship in 2021. Again, they got to do it on the field, but I feel like they're pretty well stocked and well set up to make a run. Now, what's interesting here is kind of the next few teams. You got Ohio, or sorry, you got Texas A&M coming in at number four. I don't know. That seems a bit rich for me. Again, a team turning over the quarterback position, they've had a ton of kind of variability in their success over the last decade. Uh, Kellen Mond had them playing the best that they've played in a long time. And now he's gone. They got Ohio state coming at number five. Again, another quarterback turnover there as well, but Ryan day is a great offensive mind, probably going to be able to weather the storm of the turnover at quarterback. You got Georgia coming at number six. That sounds about right. Georgia's kind of about that. Number seven, you got Oregon coming in Iowa state at number eight. I'm, I'm bullish on Iowa State. I think they're going to have another really solid season in 2021. I think they're going to be Oklahoma's biggest contenders for the Big 12 championship. And Oklahoma's going to have to prove they can get by Iowa State. I feel like that's the toughest game on their slate as we look at the schedule right now. Again, some teams can show that they're better than the, what we think that they're going to be. But as things stand at the moment, Iowa State, I think, is the toughest on the schedule. Got Cincinnati at number nine off of a really good 2020 season. And then you got USC at number 10. Um, USC is interesting to me. They're a team that could be really good. They're a team that could disappoint like they have in previous seasons. But I think I, th- I think very little of the Pac-12 to have two teams in their top 10 is kind of surprising to me. I just don't think that they have enough depth uh, at the quarterback position and throughout the Pac-12 to be able to have two teams in the top 10, at least by the end of the season. I think it's going to be one of those situations where they beat up on each other quite a bit, um, much like the Big 12 did last year. Uh, And then, you know, the 
next Big 12 team comes in way down at number 18, and that's Texas. And I think teams are, I think people are really high on Texas again. They're turning over the quarterback position. Are they going to be better? I don't know. Just because Steve Sarkeesian was really good at coordinating Alabama offenses doesn't mean that he's going to get the same kind of productivity at Texas. I mean, two is not walking through that door. Jalen Hurts isn't coming. Mac Jones isn't going to be the quarterback there. You're also not going to have Henry Ruggs or Jerry Judy, Jalen Waddell, Devin Smith. As you know, Steve Sarkeesian might be a good coach, but he's not going to have near the talent level that he has grown to be accustomed to while he was at Alabama. And while, yes, he can throw some rings down where he was the offensive coordinator, again, that's Nick Saban. Like Nick Saban has more of a claim to any rings, national championships than Steve Sarkeesian does because Nick Saban is the one that's at the table with those kids, with those parents and getting those recruits to sign on the dotted line. So, I mean, Texas is going to be a problem like they always are. It's a team that can beat you at any point because it's a rivalry. And if Oklahoma is unable to get back to get past Texas in the red river rivalry, then it's going to be a problem for Oklahoma's chances at winning a national championship. And then coming at number 23, you got TCU. And those are the only four teams to rank in Pro Football Network's Fregosa's top 25 rankings. Again, I don't have much issue with it. Um, I think these things are really fun to look at because it's kind of a way that maybe the nation views also these teams. Again, a lot's going to, I think there's going to be a little bit more turnover at the top than what team people are expecting. I don't necessarily expect Alabama and Clemson to stay one and two throughout the year. I think they're going to have some troubles at some point down the road. Alabama's going to have some difficult games with, you know, in their, in the SEC and can their quarterback withstand the schedule that the SEC offers or the SEC offers? I don't know. It's going to be a really interesting question to find out, but coming up next, let's talk about Isaiah Thomas and the details that have come out following his arrest and what uh, we might come to expect from him in the 2021 season. You know, we, we still yet to hear any details from Lincoln Riley, but we'll talk about that next here on the Locked On Sooners podcast. But first, let me talk to you about Made In. Made In produces professional quality cookware and knives for those who love to cook. If you're serious about cooking, you should invest in your kitchen tools. Made In's cookware and kitchenware products are used by thousands of the world's best chefs. They're sourced from the finest materials and partner with renowned craftsmen to make premium kitchen tools available directly to you without the markup. Made-in products are made to last, and they offer a lifetime guarantee. Their cookware distributes heat evenly and can easily go from the stovetop to the oven, and their knives are fully forged, perfectly balanced, and stay sharp. We have a made-in product, and we absolutely love it. It's been great for just cooking pancakes on the stovetop with my daughter to making casseroles in the oven. Again, a fantastic product. They have 28,000 plus five-star reviews and their products are used by some of the world's best chefs and Michelin-starred restaurants around the world. That's Made In, better cookware for better meals. And right now, Made In is offering our listeners 15% off your first order with promo code Locked On. This is the best discount available anywhere online for Made In products. So go to madeincookware.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for 15% off your first order. That's madeincookware.com 
slash locked on. Use promo code locked on. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And now we got to dig into the details of Isaiah Thomas's arrest. It had come out last week that he was arrested in the middle of the night um, and a warrant was served due to a failure to appear a bench warrant in regard to a petty larceny charge on June 13th. Um, so the arrest that took place, oh, sorry, his arrest last week uh, took place at two, sorry, on June 13th. Uh, early in the morning, um, more details have come out uh, at OU Daily, sorry, from the Norman transcript. And the Norman transcript basically saying that he was charged with a DUI last week on the 13th, uh, last Sunday, Saturday night into Sunday morning. Um, and at that point in time, he was served with the warrant for his arrest due to a failure to appear. Uh, apparently, the officer involved um, suspected Thomas of partaking in alcohol. Uh, and according to this report, Thomas admitted to using alcohol before driving. Um, he did take a, a breathalyzer and the blood, alcohol, uh, the blood alcohol level was 0.07. Um, man, that's it. To me, it, it just gets it just gets worse. Like it was bad that Isaiah Thomas had a warrant out. It was bad that the warrant was for a failure to appear. It was bad that that appearance was related to a larceny charge, even though it's petty larceny. Still, it's larceny. That's stealing. You shouldn't steal. And then it's bad that it's even worse that he was driving under the, under the influence. Very poor judgment all the way around by Isaiah Thomas. A guy that I'm really excited to watch this year. Really think he has the opportunity to be Oklahoma's best defensive player. What's going on right now has nothing to do with football. It's about a young man who's making mistakes after mistake after mistake. Like it was a mistake to get involved where larceny became a charge against you. Now, again, it's alleged. We don't know the facts on it. We don't know if he's guilty or not. But the fact that there is a larceny charge against you, that to me, that's that's fishy. It's a bit of a strike against you. And then you didn't appear for your day in court. Okay. That's, you know, a little disappointing as well. And then you get arrested or you get pulled over for being intoxicated. I mean, he was going the wrong way. On a, according to the Norman transcript report, he was going the wrong way on a one-way road. Gets pulled over. Officer suspects alcohol use. And he admits it. I mean, good, good on him for admitting it and not trying to hide or lie or, you know, whatever. But, dude, don't, 
don't drink and drive. It's it's 2021. Ubers are available anywhere. You got how many teammates that you could call to come get you? I'm sure I'm sure you've also got numbers of people who aren't even teammates that you could call them like, hey, I've drank. I need to, I need to ride. It's just, it's just not great judgment. And for somebody, especially when you know you've got um you've got some charges out there that are pending for this alleged occurrence. What I just don't get what you're thinking. I really don't. Again. I really want Isaiah Thomas to be not guilty of this. I don't want him to suffer any suspension because I think he's about to have a tremendous year where he could assert himself as one of the best defensive players in college football this year. But this is going to definitely set some things back a little bit because I got to imagine that Lincoln Riley is not going to take too kindly to the idea of him drinking and driving. I, I don't, I don't think he's going to get away with anything. Even if he's found not guilty of the petty larceny, His charges on that front are dismissed. Even if the charges are dismissed for drinking and driving, he admitted to it. Like he admitted to drinking and driving. That's in the Norman transcript report, according to the police report that they've they've got. And so I got to imagine that Lincoln Riley is going to use this as an opportunity to set an example and met out some discipline because Isaiah Thomas deserves it. This is just plain and simple. I I mean, again, I want the guy to succeed in life. I want the best for him, but you can't go drink and drive. You just can't, you just can't, especially when there are so many resources and opportunities for you to do something other than that. And again, we don't know what Lincoln Riley is going to do. We don't know how these charges are going to play out. We don't know, you know, whether he's guilty or not guilty. What we do know is he's made a lot of really poor decisions over the last couple of weeks that should call into question some of his maturity, some of his decision-making ability. And, you know, I was 20 once, like we all do some dumb stuff, but there's a time when you have to realize like doing like drinking and driving can not only risk your life, but the lives of other people on the road at that time. Now, two o'clock in the morning, there's not many people on the road, but still that's a, that's a choice. And there are, there are, potentially like life altering consequences that come with those choices. And I know Lincoln Riley is going to have this conversation with them. The the defensive staff is going to have a conversation with them about this and really hammer that home. But again, I have to imagine that there's going to be some kind of suspension for Isaiah Thomas, whether it's, you know, at the very least met out by the team, whether it's for half of a game or a full game or whatever it is, this is going to be an opportunity to set an example on a star player for making a really poor decision. And I hope this is something that Isaiah Thomas learns from it and that his teammates learn from it because you can't take any of this stuff too lightly. You really can't. Too many people die every year from people driving while intoxicated. Too many. And so, yeah, I, mean, I hate to be a bummer on, on a Tuesday edition of Locked on Zooms. I really do. I hate it. I hate having to talk about this stuff, but I feel like we got to talk about it because it's news and it's wor- you know it's important. But I want my team. I don't. I want my team going through an off season without getting in trouble. That's really what it comes down to. I don't want to see my guys get in trouble. I don't because you want the best for these guys. I mean, I don't know Isaiah Thomas. I really don't. But I really want the best for him. I want the best for any really any college student. And so I hope that this is a situation that Isaiah Thomas learns from, 
takes it to heart, you know, encourages his teammates to not do what he did. And he, you know, and then we're able to move on again. We don't know the ramifications. We don't know what kind of discipline he'll face, but I imagine he'll face some kind of discipline, but coming up next on the lockdown Sooners podcast, the Supreme court made a decision and a decision that could have huge implications on the nature of college sports as it regards the NCAA. We'll talk about that coming up on the Locked On Sooners podcast. But first, let me talk to you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's easy to eat. It is 100% covered in chocolate. And the best part about it, it is fantastic for you. It tastes great and it's good for you. How How often do you find something like that that is a chocolate protein bar that tastes great? It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar but also doesn't taste like a protein bar. You've had protein bars. I've had protein bars. They have a distinct flavor to them that just kind of makes you go, it just, I don't know, it's just like chalky and has that protein flavor taste to it. It just isn't appetizing. Well, Built Bar is 100% the best tasting protein bar you'll ever have. We just got back from a couple of weeks traveling, doing some road trips. Diet was terrible. You know, when you road trip, you eat a lot of fast food. Well, I'm just over it. Starting tonight, tomorrow, I'm going on a diet. I'm going to eat right. I'm going to eat more veggies. But when I want to have a snack, guess what I'm going to reach for? It's going to be Built Bar because I can get 18 grams of protein, only 180 calories at the most, and only four or five grams of sugar. It's great for a keto diet, only four or five or net carbs. So if you're looking to make a change, looking to add a little protein to your diet, looking to add a little boost to your workout, then go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order of Built Bar at BuiltBar.com. And now we got to talk about some decisions that went down with the NCAA early on Monday. Now, this case has been going on in which uh, a player has been suing the NCAA for basically compensation related to their time playing in NCAA. Cause we know that college football, baseball, basketball, softball makes millions upon millions. You could even maybe say in the billions, it's making a ton of money for the NCAA, for the universities. And yet the players have been unable to be compensated for name, image, and likeness for autographs. They they haven't been able to sell their own autographs. Um, Yes, they get a scholarship, but what is that in comparison to the revenue that they bring in for the universities and for the NCAA? It's not much. And so the basis of the court's opinion, which was nine nothing against the NCAA, Uh, Judge Kavanaugh says the NCAA's business model would be flatly illegal in almost any other industry in America. All of the restaurants in a region cannot come together to cut cooks wages on the theory that customers prefer to eat from low paid cooks. Another one NCAA coaches its arguments or sorry, NCAA couches its arguments for not paying student athletes in innocuous labels but the labels cannot disguise the reality. The NCAA's business model would be flatly illegal in almost any other industry in America. It's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. The revenue 
that these players bring in for the NCAA and for the universities is in the millions to billions. And the players aren't able to seek compensation on their own and aren't getting the compensatory benefit of the money that they're bringing in. Yes, these universities have brands that bring in the money as well, but it's the talent on the field that maintains those brands. Just look at Kansas. Kansas's football has very little drawing power because their football is terrible because they can't get good players. Oklahoma's defense, even though Oklahoma has been one of the biggest brands, the biggest names in college football for hundred years, struggled to put a competent defense on the field for five, six, seven years prior to 2020. And that's Oklahoma. And yes, Oklahoma continued to rake in the money because their offense was legit. And if that offense wouldn't have been very good, this would have been a four and eight team several years or at worst a six and 16, but their offense was so good that they were able to win enough games or win games despite their defense. But it's the players on the field that are maintaining the brands and the revenue drawing power that these universities enjoy and that the NCAA enjoys. And so at some point, there has to be a change in the way that the NCAA either compensates or allows these players to earn revenue. And you're starting to see it with name, image, and likeness that is passing in several states. Oklahoma, I think, recently passed it as well, uh, just waiting on the NCAA to finally get out of their own way and pass this thing to allow players to start benefiting off their own likeness, to benefit off of autograph signings or you know, things like that. And it's only a matter of time. It doesn't necessarily mean that universities or the NCAA is going to have to finally start paying these players, although it could head that direction. But what I think it's going to at least hurry in the, in the short term is the NCAA allowing name, image, and likeness legislation through the organization to allow schools to start participating in NIL and allowing these guys to, to build their brands and, and almost take on sponsorships and take on, uh, you know, doing a, a sponsorship deal with Ted's Escondido in, uh, in Norman or Oklahoma city. Right. I mean, Nick Bonito going to sit there eat, eating a setup, talking about Ted's getting some, getting some extra cash, you know, and I'm happy for the players. I think this is a great step in the right direction because again, I mean, we, we even saw it with softball, you know, softball was a huge draw this year and the NCAA didn't even provide them adequate facilities. You heard Patty Gasso talk about it. They didn't even provide adequate facilities for the girls to train, prepare, warm up, change even. And at some point, the NCAA has to be held accountable for the revenue that they're raking in and the revenue that they're spending and, and, and the opportunities they're providing for the athletes and the schools, but most importantly, the athletes, because I mean, it, it's, it's a tough game. Like it's, it's a really, really tough game. You know, 
I mean, we, we saw with uh, Grant Calcaterra, you know, just a few years back, I mean, dealt with so many injuries that he, you know, up and retired. Now he came out of retirement, but he, he decided that he needed to step away from the game for a time. And we see it all the time, you know, players who undergo a lot of injuries or have to have multiple surgeries or something like that, just decide that, you know what, the, the pain and the wear and tear just isn't worth it. And if you're a former football player or a former athlete, even if you didn't suffer a ton of injuries or any injuries, you know what the wear and tear is like. I mean, I, I didn't play you know, very much football growing up, but I played a ton of baseball, a lot of catcher. I played some lacrosse as well. And I can feel it in my body. I'm stiff when I get up out of bed in the morning. My knees, my ankles are stiff. You know, my shoulders just don't work the right way. My wrists, my fingers, like I, I've got arthritis. I'm, I'm in my thirties, but a lot of it comes down to played, having played sports for so long and just the natural wear and tear that comes from, from playing sports. And so these kids, yes, they're getting a scholarship, but they should also be getting a little bit more compensation on top of that as well, because the revenue is there. The income is there to provide these these kids with a little bit more. Now, if this was a time, you know, 40 years ago when college football revenue or basketball or softball revenue wasn't what it is today, then I can understand an argument that says, well, the scholarship's enough because it was a greater, you know, a greater percentage of the pie and expenses that these universities were having to dole out. But now, with college football in particular being a million to billion dollar industry, there certainly is enough to either add a stipend onto the scholarship. And there's definitely, definitely enough to go around for allowing these players to profit off their name, image, and likeness because the NCAA does. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Lockdown Sooners podcast. Again, thank you so much for joining me. If you missed out on any episodes last week, I highly recommend you going back and checking those out. Last Monday, talked with Josh Calloway from the Sooners Wire about the Oklahoma Sooners National Championship win. On Wednesday's episode, talked with Trey Millard, former fullback H-back for the Oklahoma Sooners. We talked about H-back U, his expectations for Jeremiah Hall and Mikey Henderson going into 2021. And then for Friday's show, no, sorry, Thursday's show, we talked with Parker Thune. We gave us a little bit of an update heading into Champ U, and hopefully we'll get Parker back on sometime this week or next week to give us an update on where things are with the Sooners and their recruiting efforts. So make sure you go check out the show on Twitter, Locked On Sooners, on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Again, I'm John Williams. Until tomorrow, Boomer Sooner.